Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got not one, but two very special guests, co-founders of Rise Athletes. Today, we are sitting down with legendary swimmers, Caroline Burkle and Rebecca Sony. Uh, you can visit their platform at rise-athletes.com. Uh, today, we are talking about Olympic trials, the, the emotions of that meet, and, uh, and mental health as an athlete and what you can do about it. Uh, Rebecca, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. How are you guys doing today? Great. We're pumped. That's quite the intro. Feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very excited to talk about all this. There's a lot that just happened at trials that we've been experiencing on the other side, and we're, we're glad to be here to chat about it. American swimming. This is the pinnacle of our sport qualifying for the Olympic games. Um, we just made it to the finish line of Olympic trials. Um, I've, you know, I've been talking to so many different people about how, how exhilarating this meet can be, but also how exhausting it can be physically, obviously, especially if you're an athlete or a coach, but also emotionally. Um, and just being on the other side of that, you, you two have both experienced um, being an athlete at this meet, but just watching it, um, is, is it exhausting for you ju just to, just to know that it's happening? For sure. I mean, I, I guess I'll jump in first, but, um, it, it is, it's a lot of emotions and, you know, I tuned in and then had to step back and then tune back in and step back because it, it was just a lot to take in at once. Um, but also so exciting, like this year being the fifth year and that extra year and all that brought in with the youngsters that made the team and the familiar faces and those who made it and didn't make it. But also, you know, on my end, this is the first trials that I've kind of watched because 2016 last time I was not competing. I wasn't there watching, but, um, I just was still in a phase of like pushing back from the sport and like needing my space and, and not quite there yet on my process and journey to be able to watch it. Um, and this time around it, it was almost a little bit of a different lens, but just recognizing that it's still such a big part of my life of my experience and and it brought up a lot of things that I haven't really thought about in a while so emotional on my end you know emotional on the the perspective of like getting to know the new athletes the new swimmers who for someone like myself who has not been super involved in the meets in the past couple of years you know a lot of new names new faces new stories um, and a lot of emotion all around watching from the tv perspective you know watching uh, the, the zooming in on the grief moments, right. The third place finishes when they zoom the camera right up to their face. Um, but also, you know, there's the, there was a sense of like, well, I want to keep watching this story, but it's on to the next. And so it just, there's so much happening and so many events and, and it's just such a different experience to, to view it. Um, I'm still grappling with all of it and, um, I'll throw it over to Caroline, but that's a little bit of something that I wanted to acknowledge there. 
Yeah, it was for sure emotional. And I know just similar to Rebecca, my journey um, has just been all over with healing from things and working through um, being able to be so excited again was incredible. And honestly, being able to watch, like Reb said, these youngsters and the young athletes, the up and comers just do amazing was, was honestly pretty, um, it was humbling too. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I feel so old. Like, this is so cool to see this next generation just absolutely crush it. And then also people from our generation show up and do the thing that they love. And I think that that is admirable as well. And so I, I don't know, it was just, it was really cool. It was really cool to see the conversation also shifting to, and you know, something we'll talk about today, just surrounding that mental health piece that, um, you know, reflecting on the trials, like Rebecca and I had this mission and this goal a long time ago to create an impact in, in swimming, but in sport in general, in such a different way. Um, it was new, it was different, um, leading something that wasn't very like talked about even five years ago when we started was terrifying and, um, just sticking with that. Cause there's something about uh, creating these healthy environments for these athletes to swim so fast. That was just alluring to us. And we trusted that intuitive feeling that we had and to see it actually be a conversation now is really cool too. Um, so yeah, that was my reflection afterward. I was like, this is so, this is really cool because, you know, you want to give back to the sport somehow, some way, and regardless of what that looks like, it is really empowering to start to see that shift and to see these athletes care about that and really, um, want the best for themselves in and out of the sport. So that's what I picked up from it, which was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would love to, to hit on this. And first I want to take it back a little bit to, to Caroline and Rebecca, to your careers. When you were at Olympic trials, you know, obviously you talk to any athlete coach, this is the most stressful meet uh, that there is. I think a, a lot of people will even say it's, it brings, uh, more pressure than the Olympic games themselves, just because you have to get there. Um, <clears throat> when you were competing at this meet at this level, was, was mental health something that was on your radar at all? Or how were you dealing with that pressure um, at this meet partic in particular? Caroline, let's start with you and then kick it to Reb. Honestly, no, I, I don't recall having that conversation at all. Um, I think I had an innate ability to understand when I was off energetically, like, you know, not just like energy, but just, I have like a sensitive ability to pick up on, am I feeling good mentally or not? But that wasn't a conversation at all. I don't think, I, at least from my perspective, I don't remember it. Does it mean, you know, sp specific people didn't care about my mental health? Of course not. Of course they did. But I didn't have that actual conversation of like, how are you really? Like, what is it that you're really experiencing? And, you know, I miss making the team by this much the first day of trials. And I had to turn around the next day and, and make it in the 200s. So it was like, I remember that feeling of, okay, well, I just can't, there's just no time to think about it. You know, you just got to turn around and do it. And that's great in the moment. Um, but, you know, even reflecting back on it, that's one of the things that bothers me the very most now is I'm like, oh, I'm so close, you know? So that, that piece of it is still something that matters, even though I did make the team, you know? So um, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't uh, something that was brought to the forefront. It doesn't mean it wasn't there. I just don't think that, that it was a comfortable conversation for people at the time. Um, it meant that you would lose focus or you wouldn't, you know, 
have that mindset of a champion if you were to really admit how you felt. Um, it doesn't have to be in the moment of the competition, but at some point. Um, but yeah, at the Olympics, we, we had a great, I had a great experience with that would be my last thought there, um, you know, between Jack Roach and, and um, Dr. Bauman, like just being able to have that support. I remember I was able to talk to them and that was the first time I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> Like, this is what it's about, you know, because I just feel so incredibly empowered right after you have those conversations. And Jack was a mentor to me in a lot of ways. And so I was able to feel seen for anything I was going through and know it wasn't going to affect my performance one way or another. I, I needed to um, just have that outlet. Yeah. Yeah, I very, you know, very similar uh, kind of notions around it wasn't something that was noticed at the time yet I feel like I'm it's something that is coming more retrospectively for me um, I think being an athlete on that level at that time especially you know um, in my experience I felt this need to um, I've called it like an emotional robot like I, I didn't let myself feel a lot of things both in training and in competition and in doing so kind of just built it all up <laughs> and and now retroactively looking back it's when I'm processing and working through and realizing some of these things so it is a difficult thing to talk about and um in general I don't know that I even noticed if someone would have said like Caroline said oh so no it's not like no anyone came up and said like how are you feeling how are you really feeling I wouldn't know the answer to that question I don't I don't didn't have the tools to navigate any emotions. And so I just didn't feel them. I just locked them up. <laughs> and, um, and it took years after swimming to learn how to feel emotions, which sounds really weird. Like I, I had really loud emotions, like anger. If I, anything was wrong, like I could get really angry or, but there was no like more subtle understanding around the emotions either. Um, so bring it to Olympic trials. Um, similar moment. I remember after I missed making the hundred in 2008, um, and that hundred breaststroke was before the 200. So that was my first shot and I'd missed it. I totally messed up. My time in semifinals was way better than my time in finals. And I just felt like the nerves got to me and I, I couldn't put it together. And I just remember sitting on the side of, of the, um, the arena outside with my sister. I was like out, uh, trying to get away from everybody out in the heat. Um, my sister was sitting with me and I was just like crying. And, and I just like this moment uh, kind of stands out to me because I remember like I had this, uh, this urge to just like sit with someone I cared about who cared about me and cry and let it out. And like, and then it was time to reshift and refocus and back to the 200 and back to the game. And so there's that mental fortitude and there's a difference between mental wellness and mental strength and fortitude. So we talk a lot about mindset development and um, being strong mentally and being tough, but it's not just about being tough. There's the other whole other bucket of mental wellness of like being well-rounded as a human mentally of, of progressing your understanding of yourself, how you are within this experience within swimming, you know, a big piece of my experience right now has been navigating how huge swimming was to me at the time. It's all I knew. It's all I had. It was my entire world. And I'm still kind of navigating my way out of that and reflecting on like, 
there is a whole lot more to Rebecca the person. And we kind of throw that around a lot. It's like Rebecca the person, not just Rebecca the swimmer. Um, but being in that environment in order, you know, in order to get myself to that level and based on the way that I approach sports and a big part of why we're working in the mental wellness world right now of like trying to bring this into the foundation of sports, not just, you know, retroactively when there's a problem, but from the beginning, can we begin to understand more of, you know, what's my place in this and that I am not just like swimming is not everything and it was my everything. And so navigating that, and you can see within, you know, from viewing from the outside in at this point, um, you can see how, obviously that swimming is so important to all these athletes, but you know, it's this, this level of all encompassing that, that is, is really hard to navigate, especially when the results don't come out exactly how you want to. So, um, I feel like I went in a lot of circles there, but the biggest distinction there is like mental fortitude, you know, that's something that was certainly present for me. And I, I noticed I was able to, you know, have those conversations to some degree. I have a lot more language and tools and understanding of that now as, as it's been something that became more focus in focus after, after my career was done, but that was certainly present. However, the general like overarching outside of sport, you know, mental wellness, that piece was something that certainly was missing for me. Um, and that I, I did struggle with and struggled with for a long time and still struggle with (laughs) as I process, you know, this entire experience. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot to, uh, to process too. Yeah. And, and obviously, the processing doesn't really stop. <laughs> it keeps going and going, but um, I love the distinction you made there between mental fortitude and mental wellness. Um, and that's why we're here. We're sitting down today, right. To, to kind of discuss that um, as, as we mentioned on camera or off camera, um, there, there is a lot of talk now in our sport about mental health and, and the topics getting brought up a lot, but we don't necessarily always hear about, what can I, you know, an athlete, a normal swimmer or someone else um, actually do about it? What can I actually do to be healthy mentally? Um, And so that's, that's why we're talking to you too. So Rebecca, maybe we can start with you on this one, but um, what is, what is Rise Athletes doing um, to really give these younger athletes, this younger generation, many of whom just made the Olympic team, um, these tools to be mentally well and mentally healthy. Yeah. So rise is all about bringing that mental fortitude and mental wellness into the foundation, into the conversation of youth athletics. So we're all about mentorship of bringing the experience and training of elite athletes and connecting them one-on-one with youth athletes specifically to work on and discuss these topics. So it's a blend of you know, how can I uh, become a better swimmer? That's usually how it starts. And we work in all sports. Swimming obviously is where our heart is. So we have a lot happening in the swimming world. Um, But let's just say a young swimmer is like, what can I, what can I do to get better? Because we train so incredibly hard on our physical body. And there was no conversation in my training about the emotional and mental aspects. And yet when we look at the final at the Olympics, if I look back on my races on video, or if I just think back on the races that I've watched, um, 
we can almost like see, feel, sense this difference as we're looking at the different athletes and watching how they race and it's physical, but there is also a huge emotional and mental component that we're not training and we train the physical body through reps and drills and practice every day. Like we have that concept of it takes work in order to get better. And then we shift to like, well, what do you feel about the emotional and mental aspects? Like, Oh, you just kind of hope you got it. (laughs) It's like, we kind of approach it or have traditionally approached it, this roll of the dice. You got what you got. Oh, you're a confident person or you're really nervous person. And, you know, we're, we started to really dissect this element of actually you can train those things and you can not only train your mental fortitude and build these skills that will help you be a better athlete in training, in competition, um, but also, you know, the important aspect as well of that, that mental wellness piece is just having somebody to talk to. I think youth in general in sports are out. They have so much happening there. You know, I mean, look at 2020 and continuing the dramas of unfolding in culture and, and the global pandemic, you know, and so many elements that we're navigating on top of being a kid in, in social media era. And then um, you're doing your school, your sports, your clubs, your million things that you're trying to get into colleges. Like there's just so much pressure now. And of course there was pressure when we were kids, but it feels like a lot happening um, to, in those really formative years of, of development and sports to us has always, it is a tool of, of development and growth. The swimming part, the competitive part, it ends by nature. Sports are something that are so finite, you know, your body can only go for so long or, you know, do it for so much. It's not like in in any other career where you're building this lifelong career. Uh, It has an end date. You can still have a relationship with the sport, Caroline and I both swim like here and there, nothing like what we used to, but it's still a piece of our life, but not the competitive aspect. And so it, it being so finite sports are this developmental thing where we learn so many amazing skills. You hear about people talking about how helpful it is once you enter uh, into the workforce and, and you're very hireable and you have all these, you know, the dedication, the, the, the motivation, you have these things that sport teaches you. Uh, but there's a, a bit of a missed opportunity to also develop a self-understanding and uh, self-growth that we feel like really could be utilized to not only make you a better athlete, but have a more clear uh, understanding of where you kind of fit in and who you are. And um, I always like to say that, um, you know, we don't come with a user manual. Our minds are so powerful, but we don't have this user manual for what to do with it and how to use it. And and realizing that when something bad happens, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's just like an opportunity. And, you know, we can throw these words around all the time, but ultimately, uh, what we wanted to do was was gain a more clear user manual to build our own user manual to help these young athletes start to understand themselves, their minds, the power of that um, a little bit better as they're also developing their physical strength. Yeah. And you see people, you know, when you watch the news and you see these athletes 
um, like Naomi Osaka, a tennis player, just saying, you know, I need to focus on this <clears throat> right now. Um, you see Michael, you see Simone Manuel at the Olympic trials saying, you know, I struggled this summer. I took three weeks off and I was overtrained. And with that came, you know, struggles with confidence and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, you see it across the board and it's, so powerful that it's becoming a thing that we can include, like Rebecca said, in the training of our lives, like this is part of the training of our lives. And I, you know, there's been a stigma a little bit around, well, I don't want to ask for that help, right? I don't want to ask for this help. I don't want somebody to tell me what to do or to, you know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. And I think that slowly becoming, you know, the stigma's going away. Like it's becoming a, um, a conversation that's more about support and empowerment and relationships and being there for people and taking things back to that core value of connection and, and how can we start to share our experiences with one another? Um, and just knowing that, you know, it isn't a problem like she said as well, this isn't a, Oh no, you know, of course there are different cases and things like that, that do need professional help, but things like youth athletes wanting to learn from the best athletes in the world about their mindset development, that isn't a problem. That's a way to strengthen a tool in your toolbox that can take you to that next level. And you learn these skills so that when you get to college or you start to train professionally, when you're a bit older, you have this toolbox full of things that you can draw from. And you know, that stuff way better. Um, you know, I know now at my age, I wish I would have had half the tools when I was swimming that I do now. Cause I would have been able to regulate myself better. I would have been able to understand my emotions better, not block things, release them better, um, connect with people better. And I think that when you have these skills, it can only better your performance. Um, yeah. So just kind of circling that back around working on mental health skills, working on mental wellness, mental fortitude, creating that foundation at a young age is not going to make you a, a slow, it's not going to make you have a bad performance. Like that's not a distraction. I think that can be sometimes what people think, well, we got to focus on the physical. We don't want to be too distracted or overthink things. It's not the best athletes in the world have mentors, have help, have people on the sidelines sitting there saying, I've got you, you're going to do this yourself. And I'm going to guide you along the way you know, whether it's sports psych or a mentor, like I said, or a friend or a coach or whomever it is, that relationship is so important. And that's our goal with creating what we created is these athletes that are Olympians, Paralympians, elite athletes, professional athletes that our, that are our mentors have so much to give to this world other than something physical. They've gotten to the top level and they can help this next generation get there too. Like that's the beauty of this is everyone is working together. It's a mutually beneficial relationship of elevating everybody up. And on that note, uh, Rise just partnered with Middle Atlantic Swimming LSC. Um, so take me through what this means for Rise and for the swimmers of Middle Atlantic Swimming and hopefully for the swimmers of, of other LSCs to come. Yeah, it's really exciting. We have been looking for ways to reach more youth athletes with not only with this message, but with these opportunities. We have, you know, we have 35 mentors and not only can you learn from the best in swimming, but even other sports that, that kind of come in together within this front of, you know, standing together a 
about mental strength and fortitude and, and having these discussions. So there's so much um, excitement around this, but essentially we wanted to, to bring this to as many people as we can to just create these conversations. And ultimately our goal is to, you know, bring a different element of sports into the conversations that you're already having. So we're going to be working with some of the young athletes. We're having the ability to, to offer scholarships through the LSC to the youth athletes, which is an amazing opportunity for kids to really step up and say, Hey, I want to be a part of this and, and get to try this out and, and see what happens and see how I can develop and, and grow myself. Um, but also having creating conversations with parents and with the support systems for the athletes. You know, parents are such a huge part of the whole experience. We see so many athletes at trials, you know, hugging their families, thanking their families and everyone across the board can't do it alone. Like, you know, just having that great um, reverence for the support systems that helped them get to where they got. Um, so we're, we're wanting to educate that or offer a resource to the parents as well um, as coaches too. So really excited to be able to just make this, I keep saying, be more part of the conversation, but essentially that's how it all starts. It's like this ripple effect that goes out that, you know, one conversation or one, um, you know, group meeting or, or topic that's introduced for the first time, we don't know like how much that can ripple down the line and affect not only the athletes and their performance, but also, you know, how they're communicating with their coaches, with their parents and, and um, ultimately the outcome of how they perform, but also how they look back on their career when it's over or, or, you know, rippling out to other people around them as well. Yeah, Middle Atlantic is a huge LSC in the swimming world. So 11,000 kids, 140 plus club teams. Um, and that, and, you know, obviously adding the parents in there, of course, that's even more. So it's just really special because they contacted us. You know, Jamie Platt is awesome. He contacted us and said, I want to be in on this conversation. I want my kids to, to start this um, at a young age and learn what it's like to have <clears throat> somebody that they can look up to somebody they can talk to, somebody that can guide them on their mindset development journey. Um, and we want our parents to have that support too. And we're like, great, let's make this happen. So it was really cool to be able to see him step up and do that because I know that that conversation is really important for a lot of club team coaches as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's a pretty exciting opportunity. I'm, I'm excited just hearing about it. I'm like, dude, can I, can I come get a mentor? <laughs> can, <laughs> sure. Come on in. <laughs> got to move uh, to those regions though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I gotta, gotta go move to middle Atlantic swimming, get, get my scholarship, get my mentor, uh, get my mental wellness on. Um, I, so one thing to, to wrap up, um, this is a little unrelated, but I, I did want to get your perspective on, just again, trying to process this Olympic trials, this eight days that we just had in swimming. Um, we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of the athletes of your generation, right. Who competed, but didn't make that team. And I think the conversations I've had with a lot of people are um, for, for the young, for the younger swimmers, for the kind of the next up and coming generation that's here now, um, that extra Olympic year was just another year for them. You know, they didn't have, they were just like, well, I still have my goal. Like, I still want to do this thing I've never done before. But for older athletes, that was kind of like, well, let's take the most stressful year of my life and then redo it again. Um, and so just, could, could I get 60 seconds from each of you on what that experience might've been like 
from your perspective of, of having a back-to-back Olympic years, once you had already made the team in the past? Mm. I thought it was pretty inspiring, honestly. And, and the thing that struck me the most was, you know, yeah, they didn't make the team, but look at the things they've gone through in life and look at the things that they've been able to overcome. And also, you know, like every single one of them, at least from, from our generation has kids and is raising a family and is balancing time and juggling things. And that is admirable. I mean, that's a lot, that's a full-time thing. And you see that across the board with, with older athletes having children and then coming back and performing. And that to me is really cool. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. And I just want to say that because I think uh, that doesn't go unnoticed because their kids are the ones that are continuing on, on their journey and, and watching mom and dad succeed and, and go through grit and hard times as well. And that goes a long way for just changing the world in general, I think. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents on that. Regardless of what they did in the pool, I think it's impressive to see the, the lives that they've created. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a great point. And it was really fun to see these two worlds colliding and you could easily, you know, almost all of the athletes that were competing in finals, you could see which of these two worlds that were they the young up and comings or were they the ones that, you know, were, were still coming back and trying to, you know, get back on the team or maybe last time they just missed and, and now they're here again. And, and really stepping into their role there. So it was just, it, from a, from a, a viewer's point of view, it was just really fascinating to see that. But also um, what I took from that was the love of the sport. It's something that, you know, I was not able to continue swimming and just to watch how much these athletes love the swimming, love being there, love being around, you know, the people that come together for this event. It's so much more than just swimming there and back (laughs) down the pool. It's about the passion and the work that they put in, but not the work that they put in for an outcome, but just to be a part of all of this, this, this big thing that we call swimming that ultimately is just something that connects all of us, regardless of, of what generation of athlete we are. Um, but also, you know, watching and seeing the, the former Olympians in the stands and, uh, watching, you know, Beisel commentating and, um, Caitlin Sanino and just seeing, seeing that, like renewing that love for the sport, which, uh, you know, for me, it's something that I, I was excited to kind of feel and watch as well. Well, Caroline, Rebecca, I really appreciate you guys taking on the, taking the time to sit down and chat a little bit rise-athletes.com if you want to check out rise athletes get yourself a mentor today um, especially if you are in that middle atlantic swimming lsc um, and again thank you both it's it's been great talking to you you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week You can take Swim Swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.